The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Because there are often more than one tropical storm present in the ocean at any given time, it became necessary to give them names so that they might be more easily tracked. However, it is only once the disturbances become tropical storms that they are given names. The Atlantic Ocean Hurricane Naming System has been around since 1953 and went in alphabetical order, although they didn't use names beginning with Q, U, X, Y, or Z. For the first 25 years of use, the storms were only given female names. It wasn't until 1779 that storms began to alternate between male and female names. These names, however, are not merely chosen at random. Each year a specific list of possible names is created for storms that could form within that year. The next year, there's a different list of names with six lists total. Once those six years have passed, the original list is brought back to be used. As an example, the 2023 list contains the following names. Arlene, Brett, Cindy, Don, Emily, Frank, Gert, Harold, Adalia, Jose, Katja, Lee, Margo, Nigel, Ophelia, Philip, Rena, Sean, Tammy, Vince, and Whitney. 
This list of names will be used again in 2029, and then again in six years after that. The only time there is a change to these six lists is if the storms with said name is, quote, so deadly or costly that it would be considered insensitive to reuse. The storm we've been covering's name had only been used twice before, with the Great Hurricane in 2005 being the last time the name was ever used, for obvious reasons. On August 23, 2005, a tropical depression began to form over the Bahamas. Over the next few days, the depression gathered enough strength to earn the designation of a storm, and subsequently named Tropical Storm Katrina. At 5 p.m., the National Hurricane Center in Miami, Florida, issued its first advisory about the tropical system that would soon become the devastating Hurricane Katrina. It was the 12th tropical depression of the season and was still 350 miles away from Miami. Florida Governor Jeb Bush declared a state of emergency for Southern Florida. Schools were closed and shelters were prepared for whatever damage was to come. On August 25th, Katrina hit the Florida coast as a Category 1 hurricane. A Category 1 hurricane typically has the wind speed of 39 to 56 miles per hour. However, Katrina herself was already at 80 miles per hour. Category 1 hurricanes also have a history of some damage to crops, trees, and mobile homes. While any damage is too much, Florida would sadly not be the end of the destruction, and no doubt, Many wish Katrina had remained a Category 1 hurricane. In Florida, Katrina caused almost $2 billion in damage and left 1 million people without electricity. 14 lives were lost in the chaos of the hurricane that hit Florida. Two people drowned on boats that sank during the storm. Two died after trees fell on them during the hurricane, and one was found floating in the water after the storm. There were eight indirect deaths as well. Three people died in a car accident with a fallen tree that had landed in the road. Two were struck and killed by falling tree limbs during the cleanup in the aftermath. One sustained fatal injury after falling off a ladder. And two died of carbon monoxide poisoning from a damaged generator. In total, the hurricane was only on land for a total of eight hours. If it had remained on land, the Category 1 storm would have eventually lost its steam. However... After it passed through Florida, Katrina began to intensify as it reached the warm waters of the Gulf of Mexico. On August 26th, Louisiana Governor Kathleen Blanco declared a state of emergency, and the White House deployed the United States Coast Guard and activated more than 400 reservists to send to aid for what was to come. The state of Mississippi also activated its National Guard. On the same morning, Katrina intensified to a Category 2. Winds would have been 57 to 78 miles per hour, and the damage expected would have been considered heavy. The following day, on August 27th, Katrina once more grew into a Category 3 storm and doubled in size practically covering the entirety of the Gulf of Mexico. President George W. Bush declared a state of emergency in selected regions of Louisiana, Alabama, and Mississippi. New Orleans Mayor Ray Nagin started a voluntary evacuation of the residents. However, on the next day, August 28th, Katrina became a Category 5 storm with winds reaching 160 miles per hour. Due to this drastic change in the storm, Mayor Nagin ordered the first ever mandatory evacuation of New Orleans. 
Shelters began to prepare for the Superdome. Shelters began to prepare, and the Superdome was listed as the refuge of last resort, capable of holding 26,000 people. One million people obeyed the evacuation order and flee New Orleans, while 100,000 chose to stay. 25,000 of those people rushed to the Superdome to take shelter as 300 National Guards stationed themselves at the Dome. That afternoon, the National Weather Service warned of the possibility that the storm surge could send water over the tops of the New Orleans levees, which are embankments used to prevent flooding. That night, Mayor Nagin called for a 6 p.m. curfew. The following day, America would wake up to the horrors of one of the most powerful Atlantic storms on record, and many Americans would find themselves in the middle of a devastating disaster. Two hundred miles southeast of the Bahamas, on August 23, 2005, a storm rages. The bands of the storm grow defined. They wrap around the north side of the storm circulation center and, early in the morning of August 24th, Tropical Storm Katrina begins to churn. The storm makes its way up southern Florida, along the Gulf Coast, by now a Category 1 hurricane, killing two. Its brief landfall will weaken the storm back down to a tropical storm, but the reprieve doesn't last long. Returning to the place of its birth, the water, the warm waters of the Gulf of Mexico, strengthen the storm. With its renewed strength, two days later, on August 26th, Katrina becomes a Category 5 storm. Katrina was one of the historical seven hurricanes of the 2005 season, a hurricane season that became the most active hurricane season in recorded history. Of the seven, five made landfall, while Hurricane Wilma also a Category 5, holds a crown for the strongest of that season. The trophy for death, devastation, and despair goes to Katrina. was the warm Gulf Loop, a current of deep, warm water. Katrina hit that Gulf Loop and went from 75 to 110 miles per hour in just 24 hours. Bad news Friday afternoon. All of the forecast models shifted Katrina towards southeast Louisiana and south Mississippi. High pressure was building off the east coast of Florida, steering currents around high pressure clockwise. Katrina was forecast to move our way as a Cat 4 hurricane. She was in a perfect environment, had all of the ingredients to become a monster. She was over the warm Gulf Loop, no strong winds aloft, a perfect heat engine with winds blowing in, up, and out. The entire Gulf of Mexico was now circulating around Katrina. She intensified. Saturday morning, she became a Cat 3 hurricane with winds of 115 miles per hour, 365 miles southeast of the mouth of the river. The hurricane center said there was a potential. Katrina could become a Cat 5. Saturday, 10 a.m., the National Hurricane Center issued a hurricane watch for us. That day, Katrina's eyewall began to erode. Another outer eyewall began to form. This is called eyewall replacement. When this happens, a storm normally decreases in strength. She didn't. She doubled in size. The tropical force winds now extended out 140 miles from the center. Saturday, 6 p.m., the new eyewall began to contract. That's like a spinning ballerina putting her hands to the side 
side, she goes faster. Katrina got stronger. She went through another rapid intensification. She went from a Cat 3 to a Cat 5 in less than 12 hours, from 115 to 167 miles per hour. Sunday, 10 o'clock in the morning, landfall forecast, southeast Louisiana or the Mississippi coast. At that time, Paul Trotter, the meteorologist in charge of the National Weather Service in Slidell, said Katrina could rival the intensity of Camille. Because the Katrina cannibal story is so intertwined with the former part of this namesake's history, I can't do the Zach and Addie story justice without first giving an overview of Katrina. In Katrina, Katrina was a destructive and murderous hurricane that cost Louisiana and Mississippi incalculable pain. It pitched countless souls and left bodies to rot as feasts for dogs and birds. Disaster is brought to you by Talkspace. You know how good it feels to declutter and clean the place you live? Sometimes I put it off, and things get messy and I feel bogged down. But when I finally get everything cleaned, I feel so much better. No matter where you are, talking to a therapist who is trained to help can make a huge difference. Talkspace is a new, more convenient way to find a therapist and to meet with them. Everything is done online. You find the therapist you feel close to, you meet virtually. Finding a therapist can feel overwhelming, but Talkspace takes the pressure off that first step. Talkspace is the more flexible, convenient, and affordable way to get high-quality care. At Talkspace.com, you match with a provider that's right for you, usually within a day or two. There's no traveling to appointments, no missing work, or lining up childcare. Talkspace is private, secure, affordable, and your Talkspace therapist is always accessible to you. When you've met your therapy goals or simply want to cancel, Talkspace has a simple cancellation process and will work with you to get a prorated refund for unused time, if applicable. Looking to renew and rejuvenate your life? Look to Talkspace. And now, get $100 off your first month when you go to Talkspace.com disaster to match with your dedicated therapist. Go to Talkspace.com disaster now to get $100 off. Talkspace.com disaster. Shortcuts were taken. Many mistakes were made. The levees and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, who built them to protect the citizens and property of Louisiana and Mississippi, both let them down. Devastating damage expected. Hurricane Katrina, a most powerful hurricane with unprecedented strength, rivaling the intensity of Hurricane Camille of 1969. Most of the area will be uninhabitable for weeks, perhaps longer. At least one half of well-constructed homes will have roof and wall failure. All gabled roofs will fail, leaving those homes severely damaged or destroyed. The majority of industrial buildings will become non-functional. Partial to complete wall and roof failure is expected. All wood-framed low-rising apartment buildings will be destroyed. Concrete blocked low-rise apartments will sustain major damage, including some wall and roof failure. High-rise office and apartment buildings will sway dangerously, a few to the point of total collapse. All windows will blow out. Airborne debris will be widespread, and may include heavy items such as household appliances, and even light vehicles. Sport utility vehicles and light trucks will be moved. The blown debris will create additional destruction. Persons, pets, and livestock exposed to the winds will face certain death if struck. 
power outages will last for weeks, as most power poles will be down and transformers destroyed. Water shortages will make human suffering incredible by modern standards. Few crops will remain, livestock left exposed to the winds will be killed. When Katrina plowed over Biloxi, Mississippi, it exposed these flaws, this self-inflicted hubris. Both Gulfport and Biloxi were crushed by pelting rain and driving wind. Aerial photos show the once-proud cities now look like junkyards, wastelands. Their history scattered across the land and its beaches like the bones of dead bodies torn from one another by wolves after the battle. When Katrina hit New Orleans, Louisiana, 80% of the city flooded. Only a fraction of unbearably painful 911 calls have been released. I can feel them people saying, Miss, please, please, Miss, please send me somebody. So I'm going to die. The water is steady rising in the attic, ma'am. And I'm going to drown in the attic. I'm inside the location with you. I'm in high. I got a handicapped girl. Then I got a baby that's on a pump machine. And we in the bed. He's on a ventilator. He's in the bed. Our water is coming up. We were the lifeline. They, a lot of them felt if we stayed on that phone to talk to them, we, they would survive. Panic, like people holding their babies, like I'm holding my baby, trying to save the baby, and the mother is going down, and the baby is holding the baby over the head. Bubbles as he was trying to talk, you know, because he was just going under. Despite being told to evacuate, many residents couldn't afford to relocate. As someone who spent most of his life in Florida, it's just not feasible to evacuate every time the local officials direct such drastic measures from someone so common to the region. New Orleans is called the Big Bowl, a lake to the north, a river to the south, and canals on both sides. Most of the land in between is below sea level. When Katrina breached the levees that held the water back, the bowl was swamped. And in the poorer neighborhoods of that bowl, people who could least afford it have lost the most. Water is still head high, swamping everything in sight. Every rescue boat that goes out comes back heavy with human cargo. One crew had to break open the front of this house to get to a woman who had been trapped in her attic for two days, and they will be at it for days to come. Rescue workers first started plying these waters shortly after the winds of Hurricane Katrina died down on Monday afternoon. They worked all night through the night and into the morning. It's now about one o'clock in the afternoon, and they say they've picked up about a thousand people so far, and there could still be hundreds more out here. Remarkably, some people refuse to be rescued. Better off, they feel, on their own front porch than looking for shelter elsewhere. You don't want anybody to pick you up? No, we want them to put the pumps on! Put the pumps on! Put the pumps on! But the pumps aren't coming on. There's no electricity. And even if there was, the levees haven't been repaired yet. Officials are overwhelmed by the scope of this disaster. They can't even pick up dead bodies. There is nowhere to put them. Conservatively, the death toll for Katrina is 1,836. 
that number is considered outdated, and many consider the toll to be a far larger number. A great many private military contractors filled the city. Their goal is to find as many ways to profit from the post-hurricane disaster as possible. The stranded citizens left to die by their own government were treated as criminals. Watching the video of upper-middle-class white reporters chase around people scavenging for clothes and food is infuriating. And all this time later, it is still hard to listen to the clip I'm about to play. Are you doing it because you need it? or you? Yeah, I mean, you know, we have no means to wash clothes. We have no food, sure. A lot of the people here say they don't feel bad taking this stuff. One, because they need it. But two, they said the police said it was okay. And we actually saw the police. They're in aisle three. Hold on to it. How you doing? Hi, what you doing here? I'm doing my job. Taking shoes? No, looking for looters. Looking for looters? And what do you do when you find them? Because I think I see them. Store. That's all I can do with them right now, sir. Uh-huh. They're all around us, though. That's what I see. Include you. What are you doing? I haven't taken anything, ma'am. She's in the store. They don't quite look your color. Uh, you know, one of the things that strikes you is, of course, the Walmart is a store that everybody knows. And to walk in it and see it as a free-for-all like that is, uh, well, you can't help but laugh sometimes, even though it is grossly against the law. If those just trying to survive weren't being savagely mocked by news media, they may have also been gunned down by sociopaths who treated the disaster as open season to shoot black people. This is a less talked about fact surrounding post-Hurricane Katrina, New Orleans racial segregation. When a city crumbles, it seems much of societal progress does as well. Many of the homes held by white families pre-hurricane were made of sturdier metal, while a majority of the homes toppled were that of black families. This helped fuel the looting media storm and the localized us versus looters mentality held by white homeowners. It's hard to estimate the lives lost to segregated warfare, as law and order was almost nil during this period. Listen to this next clip as a man throws racial slurs left and right and brags about his body count. Well, you hear gunshots. You see him running down, saw him running down Belleville Street with their rifles and their guns after somebody. Um, I mean, it's, it was like a 24-7 parole by them because there was nobody here at the time. There wasn't any army, police, or anything. One of the men Kathy says patrolled the point, this man, so Paul bad. Gleason, her neighbor, who spoke out 12 days after the storm hit. Do you have any problems with looters? Um, not anymore, um, but you did. What happened? How many people you shoot? 38 people. Did you? What did you do with the body? Did you take them to? He came to the coast guard. Oh, I tried see. to shoot to put them down. We didn't try to shoot to kill. Oh, okay. So did you we kill the number of them? How many did you kill, roughly? Yeah, I hear you. They chose to die. They chose to commit suicide. They opened up on us, so we fired back. It makes me sick. It makes me sick to my stomach to to even, you know, hear that guy talking about um, how many people he shot, killed, and, you know, we was just walking through the neighborhood. You know, that was just an opportunity for them to... uh, you know, to do just what they did, you know, for their own personal reasons. 
The only thing I remember him saying is a bunch of, uh, you know, racial slangs, using the N-word, and just, you know. You heard that right. Man claims to have shot 38 people. The United States was not his place of birth. He was subsequently deported back to Ireland. And it wasn't just limited to vigilantes. Deputy Police Superintendent Warren Riley reportedly instructed New Orleans police officers to shoot unarmed looters. Five ex-police officers would be tried and convicted for murder after reaching a plea agreement. In the chaos that followed Hurricane Katrina, police opened fire on a group of residents on Danziger Bridge and then covered up the incident. Two people were killed and four others were injured. One of the police officers fired assault rifles and a shotgun at an unarmed family. He was sentenced to 65 years in jail. Two others were sentenced to 40 years and another to 38 years. The fifth officer, who was not involved in the shooting but helped in the cover-up, was sentenced to six years in prison. But to play fair... Many emergency personnel worked night and day, saving others and recovering the bodies of the deceased. Tell me what you've seen. Carnage, uh, destruction, but we have pulled survivors out and that's made it just anytime you pull one survivor out of this stuff, it's a good day. This has been through quite a bit um, already and there are issues of some deceased about and it has been noted where they are so that um, the personnel that FEMA has hired to come in and collect the deceased so they can have a proper burial and get them back to their loved ones. And I'm sure that's forthcoming. Post-hurricane Katrina life in the areas most affected was one of survival. 1,800 lives were lost. Survivors were often left with a pile of rubble where their homes once stood. New Orleans alone which we'll be focusing on for the sake of the story, 204,000 homes were severely damaged. More than 800,000 people were displaced. To make matters worse, 7,000 school teachers were fired. Why? Lawmakers went to work dismantling the school system. The tactic used to do so was the shock doctrine. This doctrine is used when citizens are in a place of suffering and are therefore too busy surviving to make their voices heard. Typically, it's the optimal time to put policies in place to deregulate and cut social services. No matter what side of the political spectrum you stand on, this is an underhanded method that spits in the face of democracy. To quote the Washington Post, With the new policies in place, students were no longer assigned to schools via attendance boundaries. Instead, they decided where they wanted to go and entered lotteries for a chance to enroll. This made it easier for schools to weed out who they consider to be undesirables, a.k.a. let's put all the disadvantaged students in less funded schools and wash our hands of them. Despite this devastation, corruption, and turmoil, it wasn't all bleak. Even with the great evil that lives in the dark recesses of man's heart, We are an enduring creature. You put our backs to the wall, and we'll find a way to settle our way out. Much of the residents of Katrina began to utilize a bartering system in place of money. They also began to work together to clean up and repair when something required immediate attention. I must have been a little older than 16 when I went with a friend and his older brother for contract work. The work was helping to deal with all the fallen trees. My friend and I were of course paid under the table and we were probably paid way too little. But the experience was worth it. And 
I have fond memories of that trip. Honestly, looking back, any of the work I did with my hands were some fond times. On August 28, 2005, at 6 p.m., New Orleans Mayor Ray Nagin called for a curfew as tens of thousands of people sought shelter in the Superdome from the coming storm. No one was prepared for what was to come the next morning. And South Florida? Well, obviously, five miles per hour doesn't help anything, but it's really small on the overall scale. The rainfall threat is the big thing right now, and you're getting soaked in North Miami and southern Fort Lauderdale right now by these very heavy rain bands here, probably an inch an hour or so falling on the, on the ground. That's going to cause some localized street flooding. You may want to just stay put if you're going out to the grocery store or had planned to. Better to just stay put where you are right now because that rain's going to continue. There's a circulation, the larger scale circulation is this elongated oval along the coast and the little tiny circulation right there was what was left of the original center. Now a 75 mile per hour hurricane, it's gonna be coming on shore over the next couple of hours into South Florida. Heavy rain is the threat and this is what it's gonna look like in the streets of Miami in the next few hours and some of the uh, portions of Fort Lauderdale living in a low-lying area, watch out for flooding encroaching on your area today and overnight. Talking to Dr. Forbes, we're expecting anywhere from 6 to 12 inches of rain in South Florida over the next 24 hours or so. Now, in the meantime, we could see some power outages as that hurricane comes on shore with some brisk winds. Tree branches could be falling onto some power lines, or the power lines themselves could be falling down. And power outages are likely in this narrow strip, not widespread, but some, and possible in this yellow area as the system moves on shore. That includes Fort Lauderdale and Miami. By the time Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans at 6 a.m. of August 29th, it had already been raining for hours. Most of the levees had already been overwhelmed, and the drainage canals meant to mitigate damage were not enough to hold back the water as the storm surge began to rush through the Gulf Coast. The truth of the matter is that the levees in New Orleans were only designed to sustain a Category 3 hurricane, so they would be no match for the chaos that was Katrina. At 6.30 a.m., New Orleans lost power, and phone services failed a few hours later. At 8 a.m., Katrina struck New Orleans with winds of 135 miles per hour with a storm surge of 18 feet. A levee breach in the Lower Ninth Ward in New Orleans began to flood, and thousands of people were forced onto their roofs and into their attics in hopes that they might escape from the rising water. Holes are ripped from the roof of the Superdome, where many of the locals had fled in hopes to ride out the storm. Hurricane Katrina was a natural disaster that spilled into the consciousness of the people that survived her. Some broke beneath the violence of it all, but many rose above the storm and powered through its aftermath. Katrina was a disaster like no other and will not be forgotten. It stands as a reminder of the terror that nature can inflict, and the human nature to both succeed and fail in its wake. Katrina will not be forgotten, and the lessons learned will help make certain that such a disaster shall not be repeated. Yeah.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 